Hey, just a heads up, my new book, Reframing Rich, Creating Better Relationships with Your Money, Yourself, and Others, is now available for sale on Amazon.com, and thanks to great people like you, has hit the bestsellers list. I hope you enjoy. The balance sheet is dear to me, assets, liabilities, and equity in order by liquidity and ties to net income with rigidity. Welcome everybody back to another episode of Boosting Your Financial IQ. Today, you guessed it, we are going to be talking about the balance sheet, which is really cool. It's a great statement to know. Most leaders kind of neglect the balance sheet. I feel bad for the balance sheet because it doesn't get the attention it deserves. Unlike its counterpart, the income statement which seems to get all the attention in business. Now, last week, we talked about the income statement. And as a recap, the income statement is a flow through, always starts with revenue, cost of goods sold and SG&A, and you end up with profit at the end of the day. Now, that's my income statement song. I didn't sing it this time because I have another song that I'm gonna sing, so I'm trying to save my beautiful singing voice for this special song on today's episode. Now, now the income statement, remember, is a statement that shows over a period of time how much the company is doing in sales or revenue minus its cost of goods sold or cost of revenue, which shows gross profit. And then SG&A, selling general and administrative expenses or operating expenses are subtracted from gross margin. And profit is the end result. So an income statement shows how much a company is doing in sales, the cost on those sales, the overhead of the company, and ultimately the operating profit. Now, most companies, like I said, they focus so much of their time on the income statement. Now, this is a flawed approach because if you're not incorporating these other financial statements, like the balance sheet and the statement of cash flows, it's going to be hard to get a full picture of the financial performance and health of the organization. That's why I'm excited today to talk about the balance sheet. So let's dive in. So what's the purpose of a balance sheet? A balance sheet is a statement of financial position because it provides a snapshot of a company's assets and liabilities. And the difference between those is a company's net worth, also known as equity. Now, something important to note about the balance sheet is that unlike the other financial statements like the income statement or the statement of cash flows, which provides information about financial performance over a period of time, the balance sheet is a viewpoint or like a snapshot as of a certain date. So you would never pull a balance sheet over a period of time. That'd be weird to request something like that. So you wouldn't say, for example, can you pull a balance sheet between January 1st and June 30th? That wouldn't make sense. Instead, you would just pull a balance sheet as of June 30th. You would look inside these different buckets of assets, liabilities, and equity to see what the current balance is in each of those accounts. So unlike an income statement or statement of cash flows where you look over a period of time where you say, okay, January through June, how much sales did we do or how much profit did we do? Just remember this important distinction because you wouldn't want to ask for a balance sheet over a period of time. It's always as of a certain date. Now think of it like this. If you wanted to know how much cash you have personally in your bank account, you it wouldn't make sense to look between January 1st and June 30th at your 
cash balance, right? That, that wouldn't tell you much over that period of time. Sure. You could get the average cash over that period of time, but it wouldn't make much sense to say, how much cash did I have from January 1st through June 30th? Instead, you would just say, what's my cash balance as of June 30th? Or what's my cash balance as of April 15th, for example. So just keep in mind that the balance sheet is as of a certain day. It's a snapshot. Now, the next important thing to know is that there are three different sections of the balance sheet, assets, liabilities, and equity. Now, there's an accounting formula, in fact, that you must know. This is really important. It's pretty basic, but it incorporates these three sections of the balance sheet. And it goes like this, assets equal liabilities plus equity. That's how it balances out. If your assets don't equal your liabilities and equity, then you have an unbalanced sheet. So you have to make sure that these two sides of the equation, they equal each other. Now there's a song for the balance sheet, just like there's a song for the income statement. Remember in last episode, I sang it for you and probably scared you half to death or freaked you out by singing a song. Now, how many times have you heard somebody teaching accounting and finance sing a song? That's what makes me a little crazy, but also shows my passion for this. So let me go through the song again, but this time I'm not going to sing the income statement song. I'm going to save my beautiful singing voice for the balance sheet, but this is what the income statement song sounds like. The income statement is a flow through, always starts with revenue, cost of goods sold, and SG&A, and you end up with profit at the end of the day. Now, what's the balance sheet song? It goes like this. The balance sheet is dear to me, assets, liabilities, and equity, in order by liquidity, and ties to net income with rigidity. That was a little scary. <laughs> so what are those components of the balance sheet and what am I talking about? So go back to the song, the balance sheet is dear to me, assets, liabilities, and equity. These accounts are in order by liquidity, which we're going to talk about. When you look at the assets of a business, they're always listed in order by liquidity from a gap standpoint, which stands for generally accepted accounting principles. So in the US, companies follow gap, okay, generally accepted accounting principles. In other countries outside the US, they typically follow IFRS, which is International Financial Reporting Standards. Now, International Financial Reporting Standards displays the <clears throat> displays financial statements in a different way, so they're not always in order by liquidity outside of the US, but in the US, but in the US, accounting principles say put your accounts on the balance sheet in order by liquidity. So how liquid they are, how easy it is to convert these accounts into cash, which I'll get into in a minute. And then it ties to net income with rigidity, meaning that remember the income statement's a flow through. So all the profit from the income statement flows through onto the balance sheet into equity. So if you look in the equity account, net income for the current year will tie exactly to the income statement. So that's how the income statement and balance sheet are linked together through the equity account. Whatever the profit and loss is for the company on the income statement, it flows through to equity. And that's where these two accounts link up and tie to each other. So that's the song. The balance sheet is dear to me, assets, liabilities, and equity in order by liquidity and it ties to net income with rigidity. Now, you may think my songs are completely lame. You may think my songs are unprofessional, and that's totally fine, but you will probably catch yourself singing these songs to yourself because I know other people who have taken my courses and who have listened to my songs, they just they think they're 
one of the top hits. Uh, they probably played on their, they probably played these songs over and over again on repeat because they're just so, so amazing. No, I'm just kidding. But the idea with the songs out of all seriousness is that it helps you to understand the core components of these financial statements because the income statement is a flow through. It starts with revenue, cost of goods sold and SGA, and you end up with profit at the end of the day. Nowhere in that song does it talk about assets or liabilities that's on the balance sheet. But so often when I quiz people or when I hear business leaders talk about financials, they'll often mess up the components of these financial statements in their communications. So they'll say, oh, on the income statement, our assets are growing. And it's like, no, assets are on the balance sheet. So it's important to know which components are on which financial statement, because then you can join the conversation that's being had in your company regarding financials and financial performance. All right. So what I want to do is I want to go quickly through assets, liabilities, and equity and point out a few of the accounts that show up under each of these sections. This is not meant to be an exhaustive list of all the accounts. I'm just going to touch the high. I'm just going to touch on these from a high level. And also I recognize that you're listening to this podcast, but you're probably not taking notes or you probably don't have your calculator in front of you and you're not going to be calculating ratios. So this is not meant to be an in-depth conversation and analysis about the balance sheet, but it's supposed to be a high-level balance sheet 101 discussion. All right, so let's get into some of the accounts. Assets. So first, there are two main categories of assets. First, current assets, and then non-current assets. Current assets are those that the business plans to keep for a short period of time usually 12 months or less. So if you have an asset, let's say you have a short-term investment and the short-term investment matures in 11 months, that would be captured in the current asset section of the balance sheet. Conversely, if you have an investment that doesn't mature for the next 18 months, then it would be a non-current asset. So that's just a rule of thumb. Current assets and current liabilities are assets or liabilities that the business plans to keep or plans to pay within the next 12 months. So that's what the word current means on the balance sheet. All right. So what are some current assets? Uh, the first one is cash. Remember the balance sheet is in order by liquidity. Cash is the most liquid because cash is cash itself, right? So you have cash, you have other investments like marketable securities. Maybe you have a money market account or some other investments like treasuries or, or other things like that, that are very liquid, or they plan to be held over the next 12 months. So those are some examples there. Then another account is going to be accounts receivable. Accounts receivable is the money that customers owe you. So when you send an invoice to customers, okay, that's recorded as sales. If customers pay you right away, then you get cash. But if you don't get paid right away, when you send out the invoice, for services rendered or products delivered, and they don't pay you, then you get a debit to the accounts receivable account, which means the accounts receivable balance goes up. So you send them an invoice, they don't pay you, it goes into accounts receivable, accounts receivable goes up, and that's where you keep track of the money that's owed to the company for products delivered or services rendered. Another account is inventory. If your company holds inventory, then you're going to record that on the balance sheet. It's not going to be an expense. So if you go out and buy a bunch of raw materials that you're going to convert into a product, those aren't recorded as an expense. Instead, they're recorded as inventory. They show up on the balance sheet. And then when the product is created from these raw materials, 
and sold to customers, then it gets recorded as a cost of goods sold. So inventory is an asset. Those are your raw materials sitting, waiting to be sold. Those are your raw materials, work in progress, and finished goods that are waiting to be sold to customers. Another account under current assets includes prepaids. Prepaids are just things that you pay in advance. So for example, if you have insurance and you have to pay the whole premium up front, or maybe you're billed every quarter for your insurance, then you record it as a prepaid. And then each month as you use that up, you record it as an expense on the income statement or memberships. Say you sign up for a year-long membership and you pay right up front or your invoice right up front, then it would not be appropriate to record that whole thing on the income statement because you're only using one-twelfth of it, right? One month of it at a time. So you record it on the balance sheet as a prepaid asset because it's an asset that you haven't used yet, you haven't consumed, but you plan on using it over the next 12 months. So it's recorded on the balance sheet. And then as you use it up, each month it's recorded to the income statement. The next category of assets are non-current assets, which includes things like property, plant, and equipment. Property, plant, and equipment, these are your fixed assets or your capital expenditures, such as land, land improvements, buildings, building improvements, equipment, and so on and so forth. These are assets that have a useful life greater than one year and they exceed a certain threshold set by your company. Typically, 500, 1,000, 2,500 bucks. Companies set different thresholds and then they capitalize these assets and record them on the balance sheet. Let's take a quick break. All right, I have to interrupt the show, but I'll be super quick. I have a question for you. Who are you working for? Chances are you're working for everyone else besides yourself. Think about it. You're working for shareholders by grinding away in someone else's company. You're working for a bank by paying interest. You're working for the government by paying taxes. You're working for social media companies by giving your attention to their paid advertisers. You're working for your friends by doing crap that you don't want to do. You're working for everyone else by not pursuing the most essential things you are destined to achieve. Look, I've been there. I'm still there at times. Ugh, it could be so frustrating. If you want to achieve financial freedom, the fastest way to do it is through business. Don't get tricked by get-rich-quick schemes. Don't be fooled that your 401k is going to build you wealth. Don't waste time by trying to piece business finance together. Check this out. Here's my invitation. Go to byfiq.com, which stands for Boosting Your Financial IQ, .com, and check out our programs. We have one for every possible path you're on. Whether your goal is to become fluent in business finance, launch a profitable business, or scale a business successfully, we have a solution to help you. I promise you, your life will change when you take action. So check out these opportunities that I've prepared for you. Now back to the show. Once again, it would not be appropriate to go buy a truck, for example, and expense it on the income statement. You can't do that. You have to record that truck as an asset, and then you depreciate it over a period of time based on its useful life. I'll do a whole nother episode about depreciation and amortization. Amortization is the depletion or the using up an intangible asset. Depreciation is using up or depleting a tangible asset. Depreciation, tangible assets, you amortize intangible assets, which is the next section on the balance sheet, which includes intangible assets. 
intangible assets include things like goodwill. Goodwill should be looked at as the premium you pay for a company. So if you buy a company, it's worth $1,000, but you're willing to pay $1,500 because it has a really good brand or it has a premium along with the acquisition. The difference between the two gets recorded to Goodwill. And then there's other intangibles out there like trade names, patents, so on and so forth. All right. So those are the main categories of assets. So current assets and then non-current assets such as property, plant, equipment, and intangible assets and other assets. Those are the main components of assets on a balance sheet. All right. So what about liabilities? So liabilities similar to assets, they're broken into two main categories, current liabilities and non-current liabilities. So remember, current liabilities are those that the company expects to pay within the next 12 months. Current liabilities include things such as accounts payable. These are accounts that you have with your trade partners for materials, supplies, and so on and so forth. So accounts payable is usually the biggest account. It's the most liquid or the account that gets paid most frequently, right? It has the most turnover. So that's why accounts payable is typically listed first under current liabilities. And then there's other things like wages payable, accrued liabilities. Uh, there's other things, other liabilities that exist within the current liability account. Now, current liabilities for a company, these are liabilities that the company owes, but they haven't yet paid these. So the expense may be showing up on the income statement, but the company hasn't paid out these expenses yet. And therefore they're sitting as liabilities on the balance sheet. That's why just looking at the income statement is incomplete. It's not the best approach because there are a lot of liabilities that, that are looming that don't show up on the income statement, or there's assets of the company that aren't represented in the financial position displayed on the income statement. The next section under liabilities is non-current liabilities. And these typically include long-term debt. You have notes payable, bonds payable, any long-term debt that's going to mature in a period of time greater than one year is going to sit in this section. Now it's important to know if you have a loan, let's say you have a five-year loan for some equipment, it's going to show up under long-term liabilities or non-current liabilities. But the current portion, the portion, the liability that's owed this year over the next 12 months is represented up above in current liabilities. That's an important distinction to note there because you have to account for the, the liability that's owed over the next 12 months. That's why just remember the current liabilities are liabilities that have to be paid. Obligations have to be paid over the next 12 months. Non-current liabilities are over a greater period of time. One other account that I want to mention here just real quickly is unearned revenue or deferred revenue. That is a liability of the company, and it's typically a current liability of the company. Because I see a lot of small companies especially, they'll get deposits from their customers, and these deposits typically accompany an, an, an invoice. So if you're using like QuickBooks or FreshBooks or one of these other accounting programs, and you create an invoice for a customer for a deposit, let's say you collect 50% up front for a few months down the road, well, the accounting system will treat that invoice as revenue, but it's really not revenue. It's just a deposit. So that's where you have to go into the system and make tweaks and record that deposit as a liability, as unearned revenue or as deferred revenue. Because if you don't, then you're misstating things on your income statement and it's skewing your financial picture. Because if you get a deposit from a customer... This is unearned revenue. You haven't earned the revenue. You haven't performed the service. You haven't delivered the product. And therefore, it's a liability to the company. You have common stock. 
plus retained earnings, plus current year income, less any distributions or dividends that have been made throughout the year, distributions for LLCs, dividends for corporations, or any money that's been put into the company, any investments. So if it's a smaller business, you know, sometimes owners, they'll put their own capital into the business that would go into equity. Or if a company is getting outside investment, those investment dollars are hitting the equity account as well. So that's the balance sheet, assets, liabilities, and equity. Now I want to talk really quickly about what I look at when I am reviewing and analyzing a balance sheet, because this is really important. So really quickly, and like I said, I'll do a whole nother episode about analyzing the balance sheet, but I just want to leave you with a few things to look at when you're reviewing the balance sheet. So the first thing I look at when I get a balance sheet is the current ratio, which is essentially current assets divided by current liabilities. So if you go on the balance sheet, look at the current asset line item, look at the current liabilities line item, divide the two, current assets divided by current liabilities, and you'll get a number. Now, if the number is between 1.2 and 2.0, then that's pretty good. Now, this varies by business to business and by industry, but generally speaking, a current ratio of 1.2 to 2.0 is good because that means the company has the ability to pay short-term obligations. If the ratio is one-to-one, it means that if it collects all its current assets and it pays its current liabilities, then I'll have zero left over. It's a one-to-one ratio. I have $1 of current assets to $1 of current liabilities. That's what a one-to-one ratio means. So having a 1.2 to 2.0 ratio is good because it means that the company has its short-term obligations covered and it's liquid. That's the first thing I look at. Now, you could have too high of a current ratio. And if you have a too high of a current ratio, you're sitting on too much cash, you may not be investing in future opportunities of the business and maximizing returns. So just a side note there. That's why I say between 1.2 and 2.0 is, is good. All right, the next thing I look at is debt to equity. So I'll look at total debt, and then I'll compare that to the equity of the business. Now, once again, this depends on the industry and the business, but typically a a good debt to equity ratio is one to 1.5. But if you're in a capital intensive industry, you may have a debt to equity ratio of 2.0 or more, but you want to look at how much debt does the company have compared to its equity. Now, if the company has way more debt than its equity, or you look at it in the total debt and equity, 90% of that is debt. That, that could be a problem. That could mean the company is over leveraged and has too much debt and may run into issues later on as it's servicing that debt. Another thing I look at is inventory turnover, which is sales divided by total inventory. And what this ratio does is it helps me understand how well the company manages its inventory. If it's a higher ratio, a higher number, that means the company's turning its inventory much quicker. If it's a lower number, the inventory is not turning as quickly. There may be some risks associated with unusable or damaged or just bad inventory in general. So inventory turnover is helpful. Uh, Another thing is days of cash. The way you can compute days of cash is look at the total cash on the balance sheet divided by your average monthly overhead divided by 30. Or another way to do it is to look at cash divided by your annual overhead divided by 365. And what this will give you is how many days of cash do you have to cover your fixed expenses? And I typically say that a business should have about 90 days of cash 
and 90 days of credit. And the same is true in our personal lives. You should have 90 days of cash, meaning that if you have overhead expenses of $30,000 on average, it means that you should have three months of that. Okay. If your monthly overhead is 30 grand, you should be able to cover three months overhead, which is 30 times three, 90 grand. And then you should have 90 grand of available credit. So you can survive essentially for six months and cover your overhead if things really got bad. So understanding days of cash is really important. And then another thing is return on assets or return on equity or return on invested capital, but some type of return, which is going to be net income divided by assets or equity or your invested capital as the denominator. And any of these metrics will help you understand how effective the company is at managing its assets, its equity, or its invested capital. There are many more things that you could look at on a balance sheet, but just from a high level, those are some things that you could look at really quickly to understand the financial position of the business from a high level. That's the balance sheet. And let me just recap with the song. The balance sheet is dear to me, assets, liabilities, and equity in order by liquidity, and it ties to net income with rigidity. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Understanding the Balance Sheet. If you are not comfortable with the balance sheet, I highly recommend that you gain access to the balance sheet within your company and you start looking through the accounts so you could get comfortable with how the format is for your company and what the financial position of your business is. If you don't have access to your company's financials or you want to learn more about the balance sheets of other companies, you can go on to Yahoo Finance and you could gain access to financials of a lot of public companies or you could go on SEC. .gov, which stands for Securities and Exchange Commission.gov. You can look there and you can find 10Ks, annual reports of companies, and you can read financial statements in more detail. I hope you found that helpful. Please leave comments of what you found helpful, what you would like to see in future episodes so we could constantly tailor this podcast to serve your needs and the things that you're looking for. Also, if you haven't already, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on this podcast so other listeners can understand the value that you're receiving and they can get the value too. I hope you have a great week and I look forward to the next episode with you. Hey, real quick, if you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. Then email me the file at hello at byfiq.com. BYFIQ stands for boosting your financial IQ. So once again, it's hello at BYFIQ.com. If selected, I'll give you a shout out and answer your question for you and the entire community. One last thing. If you want access to additional resources that will help you fast track your path to financial freedom, visit BYFIQ.com or download our free app in the Apple or Google Play app store today. Thanks again. Hey, real quick, if you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. Then email me the file at hello at byfiq.com. 
BYFIQ stands for boosting your financial IQ. So once again, it's hello at BYFIQ.com. If selected, I'll give you a shout out and answer your question for you and the entire community. One last thing, if you want access to additional resources that will help you fast track your path to financial freedom, visit BYFIQ.com or download our free app in the Apple or Google Play App Store today. Thanks again.